a summary of the Sikha. There's a passage in this week's Parsha which talks about Sukkot, and it says, shall rejoice before Hashem for seven days. The Rambam uses this Pasuk to teach the following halacha that on the day that on the Yom Tov Sukkot there was a, reg, a special celebration in the Beis Hamikdash, and he quotes this Pasuk as it says, and what did they do? On Erev Yom Tov, they would uh, prepare a place in the Beis Hamikdash for the women upstairs, for the men downstairs, so that there shouldn't be any mixing of the men and the women. And they would begin to celebrate on Meitzoi Yom Tov Arishim, which means after the first day of Yom Tov, of Sukkot, that night they would begin to celebrate, and so also every day of Chalamayit. So the commentaries say that the Rambam disconnects. He doesn't mention anything about Simcha's Beis She'eva, which means the celebration because of the pouring of water on the Mizbeach that took place on Sukkot, which many other places, in fact, the Mishnah also relates it to Simcha's Beis She'eva, but the Rambam doesn't associate it with that. He simply says there was a... An, it seems that he's saying that there's an obligation that you should have an additional level of Simcha, as it says, based on this Pasuk that in the Beis Amigdash there should be a greater degree of celebration and even though the Gemara itself relates it and the Mishnah relates it to Simchas Beis Sheva but that doesn't mean that it was associated with Simchas Beis Sheva it could be that they just connected the two Simchas there was the Torah obligation to celebrate from there was the celebration because of the special mitzvah of pouring the water and therefore they related the two simchas to each other but the Ramam seems to be saying that there was a special Torah obligation to do an additional celebration so if that's the case that it's a Torah celebration so there are many questions first of all why didn't they celebrate on the first day of Yom Tov? If the Torah says Shiva's Yamin, why weren't they celebrating on day one? And even though this additional celebration involved the use of uh, musical instruments, which generally is prohibited midarabanon, but this is a Torah law, so why wouldn't we override the mitzvah, the, the prohibition of the Rabbanon to play music in favor of the Torah obligation to have an increased celebration, especially in the Beis Hamikdash, where ancient was Hamikdash. Generally, we say that there is no limitations of rabbinic prohibitions in the Beis HaMikdash if it was something associated with Simchus Beis Sheva which is rabbinic by nature meaning the celebration of Simchus Beis Sheva then we could understand they didn't want to override the general principle of not doing playing music in favor of their own ex- extra celebration but if it's a Torah celebration why would we feel limited not to do it on the first day then the Rambam continues and he says that there is a mitzvah to increase in this Simcha and it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't the ignorant, the ignoramuses in the community that did it. Not anyone that wanted participated. Only the great Chachme Yisrael, the great sages and the Rosh Hashivas and the Sanhedrin, the, the members of the high, uh, the Supreme Court, and the Chassidim and the Zikainim, the elders, and the Anshemais, the people dedicated, greatly dedicated to mitzvahs that, that would dance and, and, uh, and clap and sing and, uh, and, you know, and celebrate in the Beis Hamikdash during this time, but the regular people, the men and the women, they came to see and to hear. This comes from the Brisa, which says, "Chsidim and the people of good deeds would dance before them." So again, we have to understand: if 
the Rambam holds that this is a Torah obligation for, for additional celebration. So why was it limited only to the great sages? Everyone has, to, has a chiv to celebrate. Why would, we, why would we stop the regular ordinary people from participating? Another question. The Mishnah only mentions, as we just said, chsidim and anshe The Rambam adds a whole bunch of other categories. The great sages, the Rosh Hashivas, the Sanhedrin, the, the elders. Where does he get these categories? The Mishnah only mentions two categories. In fact, the uh, Mishnah, the Braisa mentions that there were the Balachuva, what they would say when they were celebrating. So we see that the Braisa includes Balachuva, the Rambam leaves out Balachuva. So he adds certain categories and he even eliminates one category. So what's going on? Then the Rambam goes on and he concludes that the, the, this idea of Simcha that a Yid should have when he does a mitzvah in the love of Hashem, this is a great Avaidah and one that is more involved in that and he doesn't look at his honor, he's willing to lower himself to jump and dance and so on, whatever else it takes to celebrate, is a great, uh, is a great that's how you are known as a great person. In fact, David himself, David HaMelech, said, I will, be, I will cheapen myself in the eyes of the people in order to uh, celebrate Hashem. So why does the Rambam bring this now in continuation to the simcha, this additional simcha of Sukkot, why didn't he bring it? It pertains to all mitzvahs. Why did he wait till now? And even if you want to say that he wants to relate it to another simcha, he could have said it earlier in Hilchas Yamtiv, where it talks about the idea of Simcha. And in fact, over there it talks in a more general way about Simcha Shal Mitzvah as well. So he could have said it over there. Why did he wait till now to bring out the idea of Simcha Shal Mitzvah? So the explanation is, the fact that the Rambam brings this yamim as the source of this additional Simcha doesn't mean to say that this Pasuk teaches that there is an additional mitzvah, in addition to the mitzvah of celebrating on every Yom Tev, on Sukkot, there's a greater mitzvah, there's a new mitzvah to celebrate even more. And that was the reason that they added to the Simcha de Beis HaMikdash. Rather, what he means is, the mitzvah of Simcha's Yom Tev is what we're talking about. V'samachta b'chagecha, which we find later in the Torah, that's the mitzvah. The fact that the Torah brings a Pasuk in, re- in re- relating to Chagasukas, in which he talks about Simcha, so we see that there is something special that the Torah relates to the Yom Tov of Sukkot in regards to this reg- this mitzvah of Simcha's Yom Tov, and that's why the people felt a greater move, move a greater inspiration to Simcha on Sukkot, because that's where the Torah adds that pasuk. So it's not a separate simcha and a separate mitzvah minatayra. It is a feeling that they had that there had to be something special celebrated for sukkahs. Because that's where the Torah writes this pasuk. Which is the reason that this simcha did not override uh, Yom Tif, Because it is the mitzvah of celebrating on Yom Tif, But that is not a reason that you should uh, uh, you know, suspend any prohibition that applies to Yontav like for instance even the rabbinic prohibition of playing music on Yontav because the, the reason that they played music on Yontav was not a Torah requirement it was simply a feeling that they had that there had to be more Simcha the way they chose to do it is by playing music but that doesn't override what we already know is a prohibition on Yontav to play music 
And for this reason also the Rambam says that they prepared the place for the celebration on Erev Yom Tov. Even though the, from the Mishnah it seems that it started on Meitzah Yom Tov. Why shouldn't he say that the, the preparation started on Meitzah Yom Tov? Because Meitzah Yom Tov is already Chalamoid. It's prohibited to do Avodah on Chalamoid. With this kind of work on Chalamoid. So therefore the Rambam says, since there's no reason to override ordinary prohibitions... Certainly, they made that uh, they prepared everything that they could, building platforms or whatever it is before Yom Tov, and that's why he says that it was done before Yom Tov. And that's why there is no question: why did they? How could they eliminate the ordinary people from the celebration? Since it's a mitzvah which pertains to how you feel about Yom Tov and how you feel about celebrating Yom Tov, so there are different degrees in how people felt about it greater people, the people that were very committed and had a great feeling for, for mitzvahs and yontav and so on, they felt a great need to get involved in the dancing and the singing and so on and being part of the celebration. People that didn't have the same inspiration, the regular people, ordinary people, so they watched. They were part of the celebration by watching and uh, here listening and watching. And now that we understand it as how different people, different categories of Yidin were inspired in different ways in order to celebrate, so therefore the Rambam explains, tells us different categories. What is his source of those categories, which the Mishnah doesn't mention? The Mishnah only mentions Chesidim and Shemaisa. The Rambam has a whole bunch of different categories. He takes it from the Gemara. The Gemara tells us about only a few people, name tells us by name what a few of the sages did in celebration of Sunnah Beis Sheva. Without question, all the sages were involved in Sunnah Beis Sheva. But the, the Gemara doesn't have to mention every single one. It mentions a few names which capture different categories of Yidin and how they celebrated the Sunnah Beis Sheva. So we'll go one at a time. The Gemara tells us about Rabbi Shulam and Hananya. He said that what, during the Simchas Beisheva, we never slept. We would uh, take a nap on the shoulder of the guy next to you. Why does the what is the, what do we learn from Bishua ben Hananya that he was part of the celebration? Why is he quoted by the Gemara as having as having said something about Simchas Beisheva? Bishua ben Hananya was one of the greatest sages amongst the Jewish people. He was the one that would debate with the uh, wise men of Athens, Greece that were considered the height of uh, science at that time and so on. And he had debates with them and he always had the last word. When he was about to pass away, the, the Chacham said to him, what are we going to do now? How are we going to counter the, the uh, challenges of the Apokorosim? And he explained to them that if, if the Yidin don't have the power to, account, to answer their questions, they won't have the questions either. They travel alongside each other. They're, Hashem keeps it equal. If you don't have a great sage, they won't have great sages either. So this, from this we see that he was considered to be from the greatest G'doyle Chachme Yisrael. He was the greatest of the Jewish sages. From this we see that Rambam takes that the greatest of the Jewish sages were participating. Then it says, Rav Shimon Lila said about Rav Shimon Gamliel, the way that he would uh, celebrate, he would juggle and so on, he was a good juggler. He could juggle a whole bunch of different uh, things and they never touched the floor. They you know, was able to do it very successfully. What do we know about Rav Shimon Gamliel? He was the leader of the Sanhedrin. In other words, 
that now we know that the Sanhedrin, the, uh, along with the leader, were part of the celebration of Simul Be'i Sheba. That's why the Rambam also lists the Sanhedrin. The Gemara then goes on to describe how Hillel Azakin celebrated in Simchas Be'i Sheba. Why was he chosen to... And the way that he's described, Hillel Hazakin. Very often in the Mishnah we find the name Hillel. It doesn't say Hillel Hazakin. Why here is he called Hillel Hazakin, the elder Hillel? Because it's bringing, it's bringing to our attention that he was celebrating as a... representing his group. Not that he represented and they weren't there, but he was there as a part of the group of the Zkenim, of the elders... And that's why the Rambam also mentions the Skenim from the fact that the Gemara mentions Hillel Hazakin as having participated. In the Yerushalmi it tells us that there was Ben Yehoitzdok, there was a person called Ben Yehoitzdok that would mishtabeach b'kvitzaisav. He would, I don't know if the word brag is correct, but he would um, brag about his ability to jump and leap and dance in a, in a very special way. Who was this Ben Yehoitzdok? we find in the list of Tanoim that there was a Rab Shimon ben Yehoitzdok. Since he is called Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoitzdok, in other words, we don't know anything else about Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoitzdok other than it was called Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi means, what is the title Rabbi? What is the honorific Rabbi? Anyone that had students. In other words, he was a Rosh Yeshiva, he was called Rabbi. So we know that Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoitzdok was a Rosh Yeshiva and that's why the Ramam also includes that the Rosh Yeshivas were participating. And even though in the Yerushalmi it doesn't say Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoitzdok, it only mentions ben Yehoitzdok. And we have to come to the understanding that it was Rabbi Shimon. The reason that, it's left, that his name was left out but because, was because the Yerushalmi says that he was bragging, praising himself about the way he was able to dance. So whenever somebody talks about himself, there's always a need to demonstrate that he was really a humble person that he wasn't bragging in order to brag. It was just that he was trying to bring out a point. And that's why he was not mentioned by his own... He didn't even mention his own name. He called himself by his father's name as an exercise in humility because he was talking about himself. Similar to what we find by Rabbi Yechanan, that one time he talked about himself um, and he called himself Ben, um, ben Zakai. He didn't even say Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan Ben Zakai. He just called himself Ben Zakai. So that explains why the Rambam adds all of these categories, because the, the, the fact that the Gemara mentioned them is to bring out a point, to bring out these categories that they all participate in the, the Sunnah of the Beit Sheva, and that's why he lists it. We asked why does he leave out the Balei Tshuva, which are mentioned in the Brisa, even though not in the Mishnah. The reason is because, according to Rashi, it seems that a Chassid means any, someone that was always a Chassid. The Balei Tshuva doesn't fit into the category of chassid according to Rashi but according to the Rambam the way he describes a chassid it means anyone that goes a little bit beyond the letter of the law and that is shaykh to, to anyone not only to a tzaddik from birth even more so to a Baal because a Baal is instructed to move away from the middle road and to go a little bit to the extreme so therefore according to the Rambam the term chassid includes a Baal There's no reason to separate Chassid from Baal So the, Ram, the Braise expray, explains also that Chassid includes Baal But the Ramam doesn't need that explanation because Chassid already includes Baal There's no reason for him to separate it out. Now we can understand why the Rambam concludes this discussion 
with a with talking about the Simcha Shal Mitzvah in general, that it's a great Avoida and so on. Now that we understand that the additional celebration that happened in the Beis Hamikdash on Sukkot was not a separate mitzvah, what was a deeper way of celebrating the Simcha of Yom Tov itself. So therefore, that is exactly what the Ramam is saying. The way to celebrate a Simcha is, or a, a mitzvah is with Simcha. The type of celebration that was happening in the Beis Hamikdash on Sukkot was because they were celebrating the mitzvah of a Samach with Simcha, with additional Simcha. Therefore, it's the natural lead-in to telling us that there is a, a great Avedah to celebrate every mitzvah with Simcha. In fact, it's a, even a, a more difficult Avedah to, to do any mitzvah with Simcha, because if you're already in the mode of Simcha, as they were during Yom Tev, so it takes a little more to, to do more Simcha. But when you're in the middle of a Tuesday and there's uh, and every mitzvah that applies to you, and it's not always every, even a mitzvah, sometimes it's just everything that a yid does is in the service of Hashem, and therefore simcha is required at every given moment. That's a difficult avayda. That is not such an easy avayda. So the Rambam works his way up. There is the mitzvah of Yom Tevisamachta a higher level of simcha is the mitzvah that as they celebrated it on Sukkot. And an even higher level of Aida is that every mitzvah has to be done with simcha. And when we celebrate our mitzvahs with simcha, then it causes a reciprocal simcha in the, in the part of the Ebeshter himself. As it says, Yishchak, that the one that sits in the heaven also laughs along with us. And if he needs to, he mocks the Goyim because when they try to harm us, and uh, this will lead to that then when Mashiach comes, the our mouths will, will be filled with laughter.